Cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome to Cliffcentral.com and yet another podcast in the series called In Conference with Michael Jackson. That's me and the guests on this show are the people I'm lucky enough to meet on my world of travels around the conferencing industry. I speak at about 180 events a year all over the planet and we figured here at Cliff Central it would be an amazing opportunity for you to meet the people that I'm lucky enough to meet on my travels and journeys as well. I'm also, if you're a regular listener, fond of bringing you homegrown South African talent. And that really doesn't do justice to the guest that I'm about to introduce you to on this show, um, who is just superb. She ticks all of the boxes. And boy, what an amazing tale. She grew up on the Cape Flats in a really impoverished area, previously disadvantaged, as we refer to people of that situation from all those years ago. She actually got a doctorate at Harvard and went on to be, wow, Deputy Global Head of Human Resources for the Standard Bank Group, Group HR Director for Nedbank, the HR Director of Africa Middle East. This is an incredible woman with a great story. Please meet Shirley Zinn joining us online on Skype from her home in Cape Town. Shirley, what a pleasure to have you on the show and what a tale. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to the discussion. I think people listening to you now as we unpack the interview are going to be seriously impressed by the stuff that you've done. But let me ask you about that introduction first and foremost. Have you grown tired of being introduced as the underprivileged kid from the Cape Flats, or is it just a proud part of your legacy? I do believe, Michael, that it's a, a proud part of my legacy. I'm very in touch, in touch with um, who I am, where I came from, where I started out, um, and why I made the decisions I made to, uh, to have a vision to move beyond all of that. And, um, and it's very important for, for people to understand that context because there are many people who are still stuck in these situations and you need to see role models and people who have actually managed to um, you know, define a path um, that is potentially less taken but um, that the impossible actually is possible in, in this particular case. You know, when we think of the Cape Flats, the stereotypical view, young girls from the Cape Flats, we hear of gangsterism, alcoholism, teenage pregnancy. And as you say, you not only avoided all of that, but have become a role model for people in similar situations right now. It's an amazing story, but how did it happen? How did you escape from the flats, Shirley? I think, uh, Michael, there are a couple of... Um, you know, points to be raised here. Yeah, I think the first is that I grew up um, with with, uh, with parents who were financially, um, you know, not, not capable, capable of assisting me with all, all of the visions and dreams that I had for myself. But they did, you know, um, plant a few seeds of uh, motivation within me that says, that said to me, I needed to be financially independent. That said to me, you got to have a vision and you've got to hold on to your values. And what are these values? These are values of you know, respect for people. Um, it is values of having hope in the future. It's values of being responsible and accountable for your actions. And it's, you know, um, it, it's a reach for a dream kind of value. And my father was always very clear about, um, you know, financial independence, especially for us girls. We were two, we were two girls, my mm -hmm. sister and I. And, um, you know, not to be out there with a begging bowl or depending on other people, um, to, you know, to give you a handout. It's really about, you know, dignity and integrity um, and, and finding a path through a very, very difficult set of, of, of challenges in our socioeconomic economic dynamics of the time. 
It's, and, uh, and yeah. I, I mean, it sounds amazing to listen to, and yet you're proof that really cool stuff can happen if you're focused, if you're being, you know, if you're given that kind of basic inspiration as your parents gave you. I mean, you've gone on, Shirley, to win awards. You've been the top woman in business and government in South Africa, a top executive in corporate South Africa. You've been recognized by the Black Business Quarterly. I mean, just about everyone who can give you an award has given you one so far. And here you are now giving back in return. Tell me about what Shirley Zinn is doing in the world of consulting. I am um, uh, very interested in ensuring that we create uh, workplaces that care about uh, the human aspect of, of people who work in large organizations and in smaller organizations as well. So, you know, caring cultures, cultures that are, are based on, um, on dignity, on integrity, on respect and accountability. So I'm very I'm fascinated by what is possible in organizations in terms of talent that can be unleashed and people's potential that can be unleashed and the development of human beings in, 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 in the workplace. So I spent a lot of my time um, defining those sorts of strategies um, through human capital strategies and through business strategies with, with leadership in organizations. I'm also very interested in leadership development itself and how we can grow great a great pipeline of talent um, into our organization, but also into South Africa in general, I do believe that we need to up our game in the leadership space. I believe that we need to grow great leaders with ethical foundation, moral, uh, moral, a stronger moral company that can uplift us and build the economy of South Africa and create a better life for all that was envisaged in the Constitution. I also am very interested in the development of women and women and women in leader, leadership. So I'm doing quite a lot of research on that. I'm writing another chapter in a book. Um, uh, regarding uh, women leadership in emerging markets and particularly women on boards. I'm fascinated by what is possible um, when we get diverse thinking onto boards, diverse thinking into organizations and the innovation that one can bring and creativity one can bring to our organizations. And that we also deal with issues of inequality and ensure that, you know, as men and women, we are creating you know, a, a better world, um, um, at least for our children, if not for ourselves. And, uh, you know, the big thing for me is what I've been doing since, uh, you, you know, the book um, emerged, uh, the book Swimming Upstream, which I've just uh, just published, is also to try and motivate young people who found themselves or, or to find themselves in a similar situation that I was in when I was uh, growing up. And I want to say to them that no matter what uh, adversity you might be facing, um, you can um, you can overcome that and you can defy conventional wisdom in many ways, despite the curveballs that life might toss you. So those are some of the key areas, Michael, that I've been working on. I've been working with large organizations. I've been working in schools. Um, and it's just been such a privilege to be able to, um, you know, to work um, and to do this work that is, uh, you know, unlocking and unleashing the potential uh, in people. I'm going to come back and talk about your book, Swimming Upstream, in a moment, because it is a phenomenal read. Before we get there, though, let me just steer you in the direction of our Minister of Finance, Praveen Gordon, who recently said, we've got to rethink how each and every one of us handles brand South Africa. We are the world's worst people, South Africans, for talking ourselves down. And yet here you are with a story of hope and upliftment. You clearly believe, Shirley, that there is hope for South Africa and South Africans, don't you? 
Absolutely, Michael. I do believe that, you know, there are a whole lot of, there's a raft of reasons for us to be in a doom and gloom mode right now. But I, I believe um, in optimism and I believe that we have the wherewithal to pull ourselves out of the situation. I believe that if government, civil society, labor, communities, if we all got together collectively and said we are going to together ensure that South Africa doesn't go to junk status, that we are going to support the vision that Pravin Gordon put up at his um, at his budget speech uh, a few weeks ago, and that um, we are going to create a South Africa that is something that is a country that we can all be proud of, and we have a beautiful country, Michael. I came back after finishing my doctorate in the U.S., and um, I just wanted to come back to South Africa and be here because it was such a such an honor and privilege to be part of a great nation like this. And so that is why I think leadership is so important. And um, I've also written a little bit about Praveen Gordon in my in my book because I had the privilege of working with him um, as his head of HR when he was running SARS and when he was doing the massive turnaround um, of SARS in terms of all the, um, you know, uh, modernization of SARS, the systems, the processes, the people, and turning the citizens' hearts and minds around in terms of why it is important to pay their taxes. We understand that these are, are very complex organizations, but it was, it was such a pleasure to work um, under Praveen Gordon's leadership. And I do know that he finds himself in a very difficult predicament, having been reappointed in, in a very complex time for South Africa. And he needs to inspire confidence, not only uh, in, in the minds and hearts of South Africans, but also in the investors, uh, you know, uh, overseas to say that, you know, this is a great country and we're having a bit of difficulty now, but, you know, um, we're in a cycle and we'll come out of this. But we need to, we need to, um, you know, put together a collective compact that says, let's build South Africa and let's make South Africa work for all who live in it. I couldn't agree more. And you let the cat out of the bag about working for him. I was going to reveal that just in, in, my, own, uh, in my own interviewing brilliance. But that's cool, too, because you know the quality of the man and what, you know, what he's trying to do, leading the finance department and flying the flag for us, as each of us must try and do as South Africans. Briefly, I'm, I'm still working back to the book. We've got about four minutes to go. Harvard. You've, you know, you came back from doing your doctorate at Harvard. What was it like being at Harvard, let alone for a girl from the Cape Flats? I think I'd be overwhelmed. Were you overwhelmed? Well, it was, a, it was you know, for me, it was the best and the worst of times, Michael. I, um, I had a scholarship when I did the master's. I had the Harvard South African Fellowship, and that was essentially all expenses paid, and I did, I did a second master's at Harvard. It was completely mind-blowing for me in every possible way. The best professors the best learning experience that one could possibly hope for. And I also just felt that I wanted to excel in this environment. There was no possibility of me coming back and saying I wasn't successful. Um, and so I I pulled all the plugs on myself, um, you know, from an intellectual point of view, from an emotional maturity point of view. Um, I just had to excel. And, and And, you know, I wanted to say to everybody out there that is thinking that this is too overwhelming and can't be possible, I thought that too, but it is amazing when you're surrounded by people who can uplift you and inspire you and who say to you, you know, you've got something special to give. You are not inadequate um, because of where you come from. And that self-confidence and that self-esteem that they start to build in you is amazing. And I had a, a great uh, supervisor in my master's and he said to me, you must get into the doctoral program. 
And I was kind of like, that is impossible. I can, cannot even contemplate that. And he said to me, this is a global competition. There are thousands of people wanting to get in here and you need to go through all the hoops. And, I've been, and you know, he said, mm. I believe that you can do this. And so, um, and so I did that and I went through the hoops and I managed to get in and I was absolutely thrilled beyond belief. And uh, the big problem is that I didn't have the money to pay. And after six months, I was completely flat broke. And the and Harvard University came and said to me, if you continue to perform, we will assist you with your tuition. And with three teaching fellowships, you should survive. Wow. And, the, you know, and that is how I actually managed to get through Harvard. Um, and it was, a, it was a, an ex, a terribly exciting time in my life. I have a very strong personal affiliation with, with Harvard. Um, we had our only child that was born. Um, Jamie was born. At Harvard, right in the middle of all of this complexity, wow. um, right in the middle of my doctorate. And um, I dragged my husband, which we, we got married in 92. In 93, I started the doctorate. In 95, I had Jamie. In 97, I graduated. So it's all in the domain of the possible. And I think the important thing for me and for many people who are considering this is to think, is to think very positively about yourself and that you can do it and you can overcome even in your own mind the obstacles that says you can't never dreaming as a young girl in the cape flats bent over a desk at school that this would ultimately happen to you in your career but just having a burning desire to succeed we've got a minute Shirley. tell me about the book that you wrote swimming upstream it's a phenomenal read it's widely available right now what's the core message in it and lastly very briefly how do people get hold of you the core message, really, the essence of the book is to tell the story, tell about personal and professional story. But the story really is about inspiring hope in especially young people, despite all the adversities that life might toss at us. Um, my story has been one of, you know, great achievements. And as I said, it's been about, you know, um, you know, the, the, the best and worst of times. And I talked about Jamie earlier on. The book is dedicated to Jamie because we lost Jamie in a terrible car accident at the age of seven in 2003. My life has actually actually never been the same again since. But I've taken the opportunity to use this setback and this disappointment and tragedy to try and inspire people to say that was the worst possible thing that happened in my life. But I've had so many positive things happen to me. Let me continue to make a difference to others' lives. And so really, that's what um, the book is, is all about. So I hope that, you know, this book will inspire hope in, in people where they, where they really don't see um, any light. And that will, it will open up opportunities for you as you, as you navigate your way through a challenging life. Um, and the book is available at Exclusive Books. Um, it is also available on takealot.com. And more recently available all over the world um, on Amazon.com now. Look up ShirleyZinn.com. Time is against us. That is the indomitable spirit of South Africans that Praveen Gordon has been urging each of us to discover inside ourselves. I have to say farewell, unfortunately, from my guest and myself. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. This is the caliber of guest you get right here. And this is CliffCentral.com. Thank you for being with us. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.